Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to another solo episode from me uh, as I continue to speak through what normal eating looks like for me. Uh, And in this episode, I really want to continue on with what I was speaking through before with the definition list, Um, but then uh, quite swiftly, hopefully, move on to the markers that I was ready to move on to more of an intuitive approach to eating rather than um, having what felt like quite a tight structure around my eating, which was definitely something I feel as though the treatment I had previously received in my recovery um, had kind of influenced me to do. Um, so I think just going back to that definition, uh, the really extended one, which I read out in the last episode, um, speaking about how eating is flexible for me now, um, I also think that this definition is valuable because it takes away the idea that intuitive eating is just the hunger and fullness diet. Um, And I think that was definitely something I perceived intuitive eating as during my recovery. And I think in my experience, certainly fully recovered, but also during the latter stages of my recovery, Um, it was incredibly important for my eating to go far beyond just hunger and fullness um, because this and doing so is essential to provide our bodies with what is really going to serve us. And I'll try and explain what I mean there. Heidi is looking at me a bit strangely as if I haven't made sense. Um, So here we are. (laughs) So I think um, it is important to firstly mention that hunger and fullness are indeed really important principles of intuitive eating. We, of course, really should be responding to our hunger in a very timely fashion. And we should be ensuring that when we eat, um, we find satiation both mentally and physically. And as we do these things, I think it's also really important to mention that we should be doing them without judgment because our bodies aren't trying to trick us. They are on our side. However, the downsides of just focusing on hunger and fullness when you're in recovery, but also beyond recovery. So, for example, me right now is that our direct cues might not always meet our needs Uh, And I know that Emily and I have in the past discussed how when an individual goes through a period of low energy availability, uh, cues can become quite warped in order to save energy. And um, perhaps this happens by physical hunger cues switching off or being dampened, uh, or perhaps this is showing up when early fullness sets in, Um, when maybe you haven't eaten enough food, but your tummy says, I'm done. Um, And by just looking at these markers of hunger and fullness in isolation, we would not take in the adequate fuel to help us heal in recovery. But then also beyond recovery, there may also be factors 
uh, and there certainly are in my everyday life, that could be a disturbance to our cues. So one example might be a very hectic schedule, one might be stress, but there are so many other things that could be a compromise to either noticing or being able to respond to those direct cues. So during recovery, but sometimes beyond, I think we have to often proactively eat to ensure that we are supporting ourselves and meeting our needs. Um, and an example of this might right now, um, or that happened yesterday, was that I had um, back-to-back work calls and um, other obligations all in the morning. And to be honest, these wouldn't have given me the opportunity to have what I considered uh, to be a substantial snack in between for about, I think, two and a half hours. And even though before my first call, uh, I'd had breakfast and then I'd had a little second breakfast um, yogurt granola combination thing. Um, Then even though I wasn't really hungry, I had another snack, which was quite substantial, just to kind of set me up for those few hours uh, where I maybe wouldn't get access to that food. Um, And another example, uh, which probably won't be relevant to anyone listening to this right now, but for an athlete who might have to proactively eat before they train to supply their body with enough fuel, uh, even if they don't feel hungry when they wake up in the morning, or potentially... um, I don't know, if you don't know when the next motorway service station is going to come, so you just pop into the one that is convenient for you right now, um, just so you are sure uh, that you are going to get to nourish yourself and support your activity during that time. Um, And another example, which actually happened to me and my boyfriend last week, was that um, we were going out for dinner, but the certain reservation that we had to get um, was about an hour and a half before I would tend to eat my dinner. Uh, And this was because we were going to an event at um, 7 p.m., which lasted about two hours. So it was either eating before or after. And after would have been, uh, for me, uh, too much of a stretch without having a proper meal. And so... Uh, We ate uh, about an hour earlier than my usual, but um, that was okay. It was an example of having to be pretty flexible. I wasn't super hungry when we ate, but there kind of was no other option. Uh, And so that is a really normal example of eating around a schedule rather than my day revolving around my food. And just making it work, basically. And another situation which was on that same uh, day, kind of getting the dessert that jumped out to me on that menu just because it sounded good. Not because my mind was saying, you need this dessert right now, otherwise you're going to be completely unsatisfied. But just because there was some curiosity of that dessert, and I don't go to that restaurant often because there isn't one local to me, And I wanted to taste it in all of its glory. And that's enough reason to have it. And so when we loop back around, and I think this is really, really important, the idea that normal eating is just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full 
is really perpetuating quite a dangerous um, idea that when we eat outside these times, we're doing something wrong. And in my experience, um, that's certainly, certainly not the case. Um, and I know this is something that I touched on in the, my previous uh, solo episode, but also Emily has touched on several times, uh, the important reminder that hunger isn't the only reason why we might eat. Um, I think hunger fulfills so many other purposes uh, to meet social, mental or spiritual requirements, um, which are just so beyond just direct hunger cues. And I think the birthday cake analogy type of thing that I used last time uh, is a is a perfect example, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, it's normal eating is taking the cake when it's being carved, irrespective of those direct cues. Um, and so finally, I'm coming on to what I actually set out to discuss here, and that's how one might know that they are ready to move away from a more mechanical eating pattern, um, from something maybe like a um, meal plan, which by the way, a meal plan should always, always be seen as a baseline anyway, but maybe when they wish to be kind of accessing that type of eating which is more reflective of their childhood self-eating which should always meet their energy requirements in abundance and surplus and ensure they're eating more than more than enough but maybe has a little bit less rigidity around it and so to do this uh, I thought I'd share a few pointers or indicators that suggested to me that I was ready to have a more free and intuitive relationship with food that I could really trust. And I will say that uh, this came with time. It wasn't a date soon after my recovery that I kind of decided that I was going to do this. Uh, there was still a high minimum and a safety net beneath me to support me. Um, but it was when I had enough trust within myself and enough of these signs to kickstart what was a little bit of a different approach to eating um, compared to, as I say, the more meal plan approach. So the first one uh, seems like a pretty obvious one, but it's basically that um, I didn't fear food anymore. <laughs> that was a really obvious thing that had to be kind of fixed before... I could ever hope to transition into one where any of my decisions would be innocent. Um, this is where actually the previous work that I'd done with a minimum meal plan had really, really aided me because I had basically been forced to intentionally try out all of those foods and leave them to be neutral options to pick. And so when everything was neutral, my choices were bound to be innocent. I wasn't, I didn't have hierarchies of food or anything along those lines. Um, so yeah, lacking fear around food is the first and quite obvious indicator that I was ready. Um, number two is that my eating was always guided by personal preference rather than guided by external rules. And that I think is pretty self-explanatory, but basically that there was no food judgment, a little similar to the first. Uh, the next one is that I was easily able to buy a meal or snack on the go without any trouble or any suggestion from my brain to 
wait until I got home, until I had certain safer options or to a safer time. It was just grab something and go. And that was effortless and easy for me. Uh, Number four uh, is that I ate at times well beyond those when I was receiving hunger cues. Um, And I ate at times when maybe my hunger cues were slightly present. Um, I didn't have a growling stomach, but I guess that I might need some food. And as I alluded to, I ate at times when social situations... um, were present rather than just like the direct cues if um you see what i mean and number four or five i'm not sure what number on so the next one is that um i had stopped micromanaging my food and i knew that my body could really do the managing for me without my judgment or my input into it. So for example, if I ate, I don't know, a burrito three times in a row, um, breakfast, burrito, lunch, burrito, dinner, burrito, by the fourth meal, uh, I think my body might guide me to have something else. And this isn't with restrictive intervention. My body would just like would probably be like, we've had our fill of burritos now. Thank you, Han. Uh, We can move on. Uh, And my body would be doing the balance forcing. Certainly not me. Um, The next one, I really have no idea what number one um, would be that it's kind of sounds a bit weird, but um, and Heidi is looking at me very weirdly as I'm speaking through this. But uh, the next one is that I've felt like food and I were friends rather than enemies Um, and words such as low calorie or healthy or good or bad were just not part of my vocabulary or if they were they had very much changed in terms of their definition and that was a real indicator that I was ready to move on to a more free approach to eating because I didn't have any of that judgment which could potentially have compromised um, the food decisions that I was making and I guess fitting into this also includes that food was not numbers to me anymore food was also a very small aspect of a wider life I enjoyed food I look forward to food food occasions were special at some times but I think that my body was within a food situation and it didn't feel like a heightened level of excitement of just the food. It was kind of the experience around the food, which was um, more special to me. So the final one that suggested to me I was ready to move away and trust myself more was that I felt extremely comfortable eating proactively, even when my body didn't send me those direct hunger cues. Um, And so one example that happened uh, this week I'm sure is that I didn't feel ridiculously hungry before bed um after having what would have been a substantial dinner because I always do um but I know that I sleep a lot better when I have something substantial before I go to bed so uh I had something and as I do every single night and it's something that I know supports my sleep and therefore supports me and eating proactively is something that I feel is a really essential component to 
life beyond recovery because there are going to be situations where cues are either absent or lacking or um, just diminished for some reason. And I think getting to that point where food was unremarkable enough for me to just say, I'm going to eat now and then forget about it afterwards without any issue at all. That was a real indicator that my relationship with food was kind of at that place where I didn't have any judgment of eating beyond specific or direct cues, which certainly would have compromised my ability to eat without a baseline plan in that rigid way. Um, So yeah, I hope that that has been helpful to give those indicators there. If you need to um, pause and rewind any of them, um, I think there's quite a lot of content there. And by the way, I also want to add that if you feel as though you can't trust your body right now to do these things, to respond to your hunger in a timely fashion or to um, eat without your preferences being confused by what is the true you or that you couldn't pick a meal or a snack easily on the go it's not to say that you can't get there this took me time it took me patience and it's not something that you wake up one day feeling ready to do it it requires constant pressure and a lot of intention to get towards but again there never comes a date where any permission in your recovery um, transitioning into a full recovery is retracted in any way you still live by those three commitments once you are fully recovered commitment to unrestricted eating commitment to no rules and rituals around food and commitment to maintaining an unsuppressed body weight never ever do you have to restrict again and even those though the connect uh, commitments don't feel as though they are implied in the same way because of course it's no effort by the time you're fully recovered they are still as a foundation to your whole relationship with food it is an abundance mindset and a full access to all foods whenever whatever how much ever so Uh, from Heidi and I. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And thank you to Heidi for listening too. (laughs) Bless her. Okay. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.